105 years ago, a battle raged in the shadow of the Cloudcomb Mountains. People, normal people more or less like us, killed one another, as many others as they could find. To accelerate the deed, they built arms and armor far beyond anything still found in Amilta. Today, the crew of the Westbreaker is learning exactly what those arms can do. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I'm your host, Kat, and I believe in world peace. I thought you were going to end that with a thing called love. Well, that would be if Kirsten were doing the intro. This, okay, this is true. That would very much be more of a Kirsten thing than a Kat. Yeah. 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 Who is also here, by the way? Kirsten's here. I am here. Okay. I am here in in my place remotely recording, as usual. Yep. Yeah. Kirsten believes in a thing called love. Kirsten does believe in a thing called love. Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. I spent this whole last couple minutes thinking about whether I actually do believe in a thing called love. <laughs> Now is not the time for deep philosophical quandaries. Now is the time for podcasts. I don't know if Nick and Kathleen were formally introduced, but you've heard their voices. You Is this your first episode? It might be. Hey, listener. Hey, listener. Listener, if this is your first episode, you should know that this is even less suited to be your first episode than usual. But all the same, welcome. Hi, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. We're glad to have you. Last episode... Might make a little more sense if you start there. Perhaps they're doing like the memento thing where they're doing everything in reverse and they just. Mm. 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 Well, hello for the first time, listener. My name's Kathleen. And I'm Kirsten. We already introduced you, Kirsten. Kirsten is still here and is still Kirsten. Yep, that's true. But if they're going backwards, maybe they're going completely backwards in the episode. So it's like. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> See, now that's now that's ninja thinking. That's that's using your noodle. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking knob. I'm getting on a plane. I'm beating you up. <laughs> Not right now. As you soon as 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 uh, air traffic <laughs> resumes again. Yeah, yeah. The second the second I'm allowed to fly again. Yeah, you got to write up the bill of goods. So that way you can give the receipts. <laughs> At any rate, Nick is one of us also. I, I can't continue with the podcast unless I hear that Nick is identified as a person. Yes, Nick is also here. Hi, I am Nick. Okay, we did it. Speaking of things we've done, previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party was at rest in the newborn seaside town of Frangad. Well, closer to a naval base than a proper town, really. Cobb made some new friends, got some liquor rations in exchange for telling pirate stories and singing pirate songs. Uh, Tissa peacefully stargazed and nothing bad. Wait, let me check my notes. Oh, yeah, they got attacked by a giant robot. We did. We did get attacked by a giant robot. We're partway through the combat with the giant robot. We're partway through the combat with a giant robot, and I believe that Penelope has just heroically rescued Clara from being trapped under a desk or something. Yes, that was what happened. It towers 
over Penelope, easily three to four times her size, a monolith of ancient corroded metal that squeals every time even the slightest part of it moves. It is jointed despite being such a singular monolithic entity, but every so often a chunk of it will protrude and its hinges will shriek and some diabolical light inside will flash. It is made roughly in the shape of an enormous bull and there is a bellowing from within it as it prepares to once again hammer itself into the ground, driving the full ancient weight of its decaying body against the surface of the earth, bringing everyone nearby to their knees, unless they can roll very good daring athletics. Or sorry, adaptability athletics. Oh, hey, two successes and an edge. This is a fine. This is big rolling. I finally won this roll. Boy number one, bad. Boy number two, very good. Okay. Penelope got one success, one edge success. Cobb rolled very well and got three successes. Oh, dang. Well, that's our cobble. He's an athletic, athletic boy. You know what? Kirsten, you're very close to it. So I'm going to say that you can keep the edge success and stay on your feet, but you're going to take damage. It's close enough to you that the shockwave will hurt. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. Okay. Clara goes for a tumble. She kind of rolls behind an overturned desk. You can hear her softly swearing to herself. Still kind of dazed, but much better positioned than she was when you found her. Caldus completely loses his fitting and falls over. Marcus is there to catch him. And if nobody has anything they want to do, it's Tissa time. Hmm. Actually, Penelope is going to jump in. She's going to try a spell called Empty Heart. And what it's going to do is it's going to drain the oats out of the horse. (laughs) Also, for our memento listeners who are listening backwards, you'll have to listen to the previous episode to figure that. (sighs) I'm getting on a plane. (laughs) So my next question is, I think... How much scatter are you willing to pump into defueling this uh, this robot? Well, I guess it depends on how powerful each scatter is. Like how much... Well, I guess it's hard. I don't know exactly how to say... Uh... Yeah, what ratio I'm giving you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I think two scatter to one. Unlike the horrors you fought, this is a creature that has exactly no metaphysical presence. Which is weird as heck. Hmm. It is. It doesn't have scatter. I am going to four. Four scatter. The light that streams out from the gaps in its body flickers. Tell me what the spell looks like. Tell me about what everyone else sees when Penelope casts Empty Heart. So as Penelope raises up a hand, she makes a pouring gesture. Like she's pouring from a pitcher. And as this happens, you see kind of this sort of uh, think wily coyote sort of painted on black hole appear in the robot. And that's where you see the fuel kind of like drain out of. Okay. 
And I think what you see isn't what you would recognize as fuel, but there is a trickle of bluish light that vanishes before it can hit the ground. Okay. I wonder... Well, I probably have no idea. So I'm like, I wonder if I could see if an understanding on the, the food, but yeah, I would have no idea. Clara would be the, the one to, yeah. Anyways, Clara yes. knows. What fluids lurk in the hearts of robots? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so it is Tissa's turn. It's Tissa time, yeah. I think that Tissa is going to attack it with compulsion using her key for extra dice. Okay. And she is also going to scatter one into her assistable with perfection to turn this four I have into a success. Okay. Oh, wait, there's two fours here. She's going to scatter twice so that she can have four successes and two edges. That's a lot of successes. Just making big use of the assist pool. Yeah. If you keep these edge successes... You know what? I think you're going to be too close to roll against its next uh, Earthshaker. Hmm. However, it will be six of them. Yeah. I think I like that narratively. If she's being compelled to do the thing, maybe she's also being a little bit reckless. Okay. I think that if this thing has no metaphysical presence at all, that's extremely unnerving to Tissa. Tissa doesn't like non-magical things, kind of as a rule. Mm-hmm. Cop time. Cop time. Cop time. Cobb is actually going to turn to his summon, his summoned buddy, and say, I need you to give me a boost over onto that thing. And the summon is going to put their staff down and uh, launch Cobb through the air onto the back of the thing. Oh, heck yeah. Hell, that's our Cobb. That's our Cobb. He's going to say, uh, give me a boost onto that thing and then go get the, the small nerd away from the uh, from the danger. <laughs> go rescue the nerd. Rescue the nerd. Penelope says, wait, I'm not a nerd. And then realize, oh, you're Clara. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. That is rad. Roll some dice. Roll some dice for the rad thing you're doing. So this is, I am going to assume, is going to be daring athletics. This is a fairly... <laughs> It's a daring thing to do with your body. This is a very daring thing to do. With your, with the only body that you have, the one body. Yeah. And that is two successes. Yeah, two successes will get you up there. Two successes a lot. Plus, it's just more interesting if you get up there. So, Cobble gets a boost from the Phantom Jeremiah. He soars through the air like a magnificent pelican. The most magnificent of pelicans. My question is, okay, where is this going? Cobb is going to essentially try and stand on this thing and get a hold of its, I guess, head laser emitter, so that way he won't get shot by it and maybe try and, like, slow it down. Also, if he's on top of it and once he gets his sword, he can poke it in the squishy bits or whatever bits qualify as squishy on a big robot bowl. Okay. Cobb, Cobb is going to assume that it is like a regular animal and that if you stab it in things like the neck, it might not like that. Okay, neat, cool. This boosting him up gives Penelope an idea. She remembers, oh yeah, you know what? I have the ability to be in the air. And she calls out, Polly! 
I have the power of up. Polly has the power of up. Polly has the power of up. How many rounds will it take till she arrives? Um, I'm going to say it's going to be next round because you've already acted this round. Okay. I'm sure Penelope has the power of up. Cobb has the power of limited up, but Cobb also has the power of not being hurt with up. Mm. This is not yet. The combat is not yet over, though. <laughs> this, is <laughs> this is this is absolutely true. But I mean, um, I have all the swashbuckling powers. I might as well use them. Exactly. What um, Cobb is in an extremely good position to see this. A cold wind begins to blow. There is in this wind a faint pale blue glimmer but otherwise it is as dark as everything else. And it seems to be collecting around the bull. So what happens is the bull opens again. A portion of it that looks head-like emerges from the entire outline. And that cold light inside it begins to flare up again. It spins in a circle the way it did before. Um, let's see. I'm going to ask Cobble to roll Adaptability Athletics. Cobble can do this thing. Uh, two successes, one inch success. That was another really good roll. Okay. I've been rolling real, real hot on Adaptability tonight. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So Cobb manages not to get hit point blank by this laser because he is on it. He's upon this creature. He is absolutely, like, hiding from the laser, like this is some sort of goofy Looney Tunes bit. Yep. And the dark wind begins to spin around the automaton, and the darkness of it is impenetrable. It swallows the light of this beam and shatters it into pale blue glittering fragments like snow. Ooh. And the cord that has been cast is Chill Protecting Darkness. Nice. Oh, that's very nice. And chill. Caldus <laughs> has not actually got up off Marcus's arm. They're kind of standing there not far from the bull. And I mean, holding on to each other, but mm-hmm. don't tell Marcus you saw that. <laughs> and it's time for a new round. Polly appears by Penelope's side. It's robot time. If nobody else is going to act. Um, actually, Penelope is still by Clara, right? Yes. Penelope is going to take to the air, but she's going to also offer to take Clara as well to kind of move her a bit more out of the range of the automaton. Yeah. I guess that would be adaptability riding roll. Yeah. Don't mess it up. Don't throw Clara to the ground. Mess it up. <laughs> I'll try not to. Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. No, I did get one success. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> For a moment, I was like, oh, and then I was like, oh, wait. wait I'm such a silly person. There's there's a five here. Okay. Yes. Success. One success. Okay, great. So you hop onto Pollyanna's back, and she gives a couple flaps and takes off from the ground. And before you completely leave the workshop, you reach a hand down to Clara who grabs it and you can follow her up behind you. 
in what I imagine is a gesture similar to what you had intended to do the very first time you met. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Her woman was like, what? Oh, yeah. Grabby hands. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um. Um. It's it's okay. I'm, uh, I'll bring you a little bit further away from its radius and then set you back down on solid ground. Okay. You see, it's not the arc. It's that cold pinprick of light again. Oh, no successes. Okay. A beam sears through the sky directly at you. Polly is far too fast for it. It doesn't even graze her chest. She flaps her wings and is back out of its trajectory. Woohoo! Way to go, Polly! <laughs> for a second, everything is illuminated in cold blue white, but it does not strike you. <sighs> she's, she's amazing, isn't she? Good job! Tissa is there right up next to the beast, recovers from flinching a little bit at the bright light, and I think is going to pass the word finding to Cobb up there on top of the beast. Okay. And is going to use adaptability mid-range weapons to try to see if there is some sort of opening that she can make for him. Okay. Oh, wow. Three successes. Really good roll. Three successes will tell you that there is a part of it that kind of elongates when it engages in this, this ground pound attack. And that if you can get in there when it is doing this attack, you might be able to jam it. Okay. So I try, I made that in a mid-ranged weapons adaptability role rather than an understanding role. Oh, okay. So maybe I guess Tiss is going to attempt to do that? Okay. So what I'm actually going to do then as it is, it's it's going to act and it's going to do exactly what it has just threatened to do, which is there is a great bellowing within it and it lifts slightly and then a portion of it drops out and hammers into the ground. And Tissa spies an opening and how many successes was that? Three. Yeah, I got a five, five, six. And... Instead of just collecting itself again, like dropping down to the earth, it staggers a little. This has disrupted its workings. There's a creaking groan. Um, your spear actually breaks off a piece of severely rusted metal. Oh. It kind of crumbles beneath it to the ground. Cobb. Cobb. Hey, Cobb. Mm-hmm. Hey, Cobb, it's your turn. Aha, it's Cobb's turn. It's Cobb's turn. Uh, Cobb is going to shout out to the Phantom Jeremiah to help out the navigator down there, see if he can't wedge this thing open. And Jeremiah is going to, from the other side of the bolt, try and jam the staff in there to see if he can't help out to uh, keep this thing from doing what it wants to. Okay. Uh, I have a question for you. How much did you scatter when calling Jeremiah? Uh, Jeremiah, I, I scattered four, and I believe Jeremiah was worth four to begin with. Okay. Just checking. I don't I don't think Jeremiah is going to be here forever. I'm just trying to get a handle on how long not forever is. Okay. 
So Jeremiah is moving to help Tissa. Mm-hmm. And while Jeremiah is doing that, Cobb is going to draw the feather sword and try and jam it into the crease between where its head and its body are. He's going for stabbies. Are you using finding? Yeah, Cobb is going to use finding. It's going to, like, find its way home? It's going to find the right spot? Is that kind of what you are thinking? Yeah, Cobb is thinking that it'll find something down in there that'll disrupt it if he puts a sharp piece of metal into it. That's what Kathleen was hoping. That's what Kathleen was hoping. And that is, ooh, three successes. Then Cobb also is very good at swordies. He's got some sword powers. He does have the big sword powers. Yes, three successes with finding. Okay. This is the first time you've ever used this mysterious treasure, and I don't think I've defined for you exactly what it does. I I hope it stabs things, because that's what I'm using it for. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have to. It could do something totally nonsensical if when I do this, and Cobb is like, um, hmm. Oops. (laughs) Whoopsie doodle. I mean, it is made out of a feather. It might even make this thing fly. Cobb doesn't know. He's just like, hey, it's sharp. You know what I think I'm going to have the feather sword do? I think because it is made of a feather... It is going to grant an additional die when Cobb is doing swashbuckler shit. Ooh. The sword likes to be airborne. Ooh. Be an acrobat. Cobb also likes to be airborne. They will get along famously. So because you are doing ridiculous swashbuckler shit, you have handled this sword before. It feels lighter right now. Now that you are up an easy, like, 11 feet above the ground. Yeah. He's precariously perched on an automaton's back. Cobb is doing his best to Shadow of the Colossus this thing. Shadow of the Colossus. I mean, Tissa even did give him finding, so maybe it had a huge glowing rune, and now it's going to spray black oil everywhere. (laughs) As you drive the sword into the gap between the head-shaped section and body-shaped section... It wedges right in there, and you hear a shattering sound, like glass being damaged. Marcus is going to join Jeremiah and Tissa, but he's delayed. Um, His opening, there's an opening in the creature's stance, but he's just a second too late to take advantage of it because he's not going to drop Caldas. So... He does ram his spear into the side of the machine, but it doesn't seem to take as deep a purchase as Tissus did. Caldus is going to probably cast one of his horrible spells, because he loves to cast horrible spells. Like knife pain. Like knife pain. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, this is a spell that May would, I think, appreciate. (laughs) Caldus can stand on his own now. He's on his own two feet, and he closes his eyes, and... Like with all of his spells, the darkness seems to take physical form. It wraps around him, and for a second he hovers a little off the ground until the darkness unfurls to either side in the shape of huge, abstract, feathery, almost wings. The scratches and wounds are gone from him. He no longer looks burned. He's cast new me. (laughs) Ooh. Yes. (laughs) And he's feeling pretty good. Good. Infiltrator's spell list is horrible. (laughs) I love it. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. 
Okay, and it is time for a new round. Um, does Clara have tactics? Of course I have tactics, you loser. Sorry, <laughs> no, that was Rada. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, if I keep working on the area that they're working on, will that help break the machine? It might. It might stop it from doing that ground shaky thing anymore. All right. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, Penelope's going to try to shoot an arrow into the same focus point that people have been trying to kind of like um, break away. Okay. Can I recommend something? Yeah. Can I recommend you scatter into your assist pool by one? I sure can. Because this is a cool ability? I sure can. Oh, it costs two scatter. Never mind. I won't make you do that then. No worries. You I have. <laughs> I do have enough scatter to do that. Please tell us about the cool ability you're using. All right. So assist pool for the cloud elk. They have spell pieces misty and flight, and so they have for two scatter, what is called lightning field. Your elk creates a strong electric charge between the antlers. You fire an arrow through this charge. It carries with it a bolt of lightning, dealing an additional four damage and the consequence of being hit with a bolt of electricity. So yes, a very cool ability, which Penelope is going to use. Perfect. So as you are flying around this creature, Clara clinging to your back and Polly's wing beats steady and reassuring at your side, there's a low hum in the air and you ascend. You ascend until you can feel the clouds against your cheeks. Polly's antlers begin to glow faintly white gold. And suddenly there is a snapping sound between them. And the air tingles. You can feel your hair stand on end. Can you roll me some dice for your very cool arranged weapon attack here? I sure can. <laughs> Penelope rolled really good. Two success. Ooh. Successes is a lot of successes. She rolled real good. Been big rolls today. And we're rolling hot right now. Yeah. Tissa and Jeremiah have wedged apart two parts of the machine. And your arrow between this field of shimmering gold fires through. And as it does, a web of electric sparks clings to it. And there is a loud snapping noise that is... To you, nearly deafening. To everyone else, nearly deafening. As this arrow sears through the night sky and directly into the hole Tissa and Jeremiah have created, and the entire machine spasms. And so does Cobb. I was going to ask Cobb to roll me some adaptability athletics, please. Oh, yeah. He, he may be attached to a giant metal. One success, one edge success. No, you know what? That'll do it. That'll absolutely do it, because you have not acted this round. As the machine spasms, its parts separate briefly. It seems to lose control of its motion, which means Cobb has another opening. Cobb then is going to grab the sword with both hands and sort of like wedge it over there and jump off and see if with the weight of him jumping off, he can't rip a huge hole in the, in the top of it. Okay, very good and cool. Or, I mean, cut off as much of it as he possibly can. Do it. Daring melee weapons, please. And that is two edge successes. Ooh. Well. Can you add anything from your key? Not really, no. 
Okay. <laughs> oh no. Um. Cobb's key pieces relate to humans more than they do to machines. That's true. Okay, so you know what? I think you're gonna. Uh, I can't give you. I can't give you damage. You're a swashbuckler. I'm pretty sure that's what that means. Uh, swashbuckling. Swashbuckling is more of uh, Cobb cannot be interrupted. Oh yeah, Cobb can't be interrupted. So you know what? I'm. You're gonna not take this fall great if you keep those edge successes. Well, I mean, if I don't, I don't do any damage to it, so I am. Okay. We, we can say that Cobb catches a little bit of the lightning on the way down. Yeah, he gets a bad bazap. He feels his muscles twitch and his hair stand on end. And he looks like a cartoon who got stuck by lightning. And Cobb will take his too. Okay. Machine time! The head pops out like it did all those other times before. And you hear it whirring as it tries to spin that beam arc that it had struck you all with before. But it uh, can't because Cobb broke it. Yay, Cobb and his reckless abandon. (laughs) So instead what happens is can everybody roll, well, everybody but Penelope roll me adaptability athletics, please. Uh, Two successes, one edge success. One edge success. But I also have a four. So I could also scatter more to get a success and an edge if I need to. A success and an edge would see you take zero damage if you keep the edge. Otherwise, you will take a damage. I could take a damage. Okay. Kaltus is going to react to this by giving Marcus a shove because he hasn't acted yet and he can. And the area around the machine is suddenly... It briefly, for only a flash, engulfed in fire. As it attempts to use the beam arc, but fails and only generates just a massive fireball around itself. Ground is scorched. There are tiny fires clinging to the grass around you. The workshop has seen better days. Oh, poor Clara. (laughs) Yeah, she's not thrilled. Um, let's have Marcus make an attack. He got pushed and he's irritated, but he's okay. And both he and the spectral warrior that he summoned previously, simultaneously in perfect sync, drive their spears into the bottom of the automaton. Tissa hasn't gone this round. No. Um, how about war respite? Okay. Yeah, how about war respite? So as a sort of like general defensive idea. Okay, uh, just like a, a respite from war? A respite from war. Tell me more about what war respite looks like. War respite isn't something that is seen as much as it is felt. And it seems like the bull has a harder time moving or a harder time attacking. Can I float this? Can I float that some of the earth that had swallowed it when it was buried under the veldt kind of like reappears and is clogging it up? Ooh, I like that. Like, like we, we've kind of had Tissa's magic associated with sand and particle effects. Mm-hmm. So I think like the earth beginning to reclaim it is the last respite from war that it had. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, how much did I scatter for that? Okay. Let's... Do you want to play a game? 
Um, <laughs> what are you, the jigsaw person now? I have given this, yeah, I have given this creature two actions per round. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to spend five scatter, I'll knock that down to one. Ooh, I don't have five scatter. I could counter with overscattering and it just grinds to a halt. You know what? If you're willing to do that, I'm willing to, <laughs> like, yes. If that's your counter offer, you drive a hard bargain. <laughs> but I accept. Okay, I think that that's maybe it, that Tissa just, like, screams out loud and Earth rises up to swallow the legs of this machine and she just, like, falls straight to the floor. It is struggling against the weight of the ground that is reclaiming it, but it is frozen in place. Okay, this is a new round. Very first thing that's gonna happen is that Marcus is going to remove Tissa from this situation. <laughs> Probably a good call. There's a conspicuous curse word, and he turns from the front line, leaving a specter in his place to grab Tissa and kind of sling her up over his shoulder and carry her somewhere safe. That's gonna be his turn. Um, it is going to spend its turn trying to get free and fail it. And, uh, Penelope's gonna do Lightning Field one more time. Okay. Alright. Because, because she can. Because she can. And, uh, gonna roll some dice. Also, she's going to use her key, too. Okay. Because she's going to use her determination because she's like, I'm going to get this thing dealt with now. This is going to be it kind of thing. That's a good use of determination. I like it a lot. Yes, please. One success. It's okay. It was immobilized. It was struggling. As it struggled, it lifted its head again to expose that lens as if it was about to shoot at Penelope, but... Another electric snap sears the air and that golden arrow trailing the electric energy behind it drives directly into the automaton and it gives one last spasm and then falls completely silent and dormant. (laughs) It's... It's done? Um... Here, let me down, let me down! Uh, uh, oh, okay. Um, I was just going to say for Clara, she's actually not quite understanding what Penelope's saying. Yeah. Because, yeah, Penelope is not quite all there with human language. Let me down, let me down, let me down. I got it. Let me, let me at it. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Penelope kind of like doesn't quite she's like down sure but like doesn't quite understand that she wants like down right now me, so kind of like takes let like, me a, like a graceful like I gotta, I gotta make sure it's I gotta make sure down. it's not no mm-hmm. yeah yeah nice I nice. gotta make sure it's deactivated let me down mm-hmm. and then what are you gonna do if it wakes back up you idiot Nice, nice. We- and she's 
slowly spirals down as she's like kind of like enjoying the wind and kind of like muttering to Polly like I'm just imagining Clara is like like a cat squirming to get down yeah yeah that's that's exactly the energy she's giving off right now and eventually she gets down and she just runs over to the automaton and runs up this ramp of earth that has swallowed it okay Okay, it's it stopped. It stopped. Okay. Huh. No. Is everybody okay? I I think so. Well, we'll check up on them and and Cobb turns to Jeremiah and just kind of goes, "It was nice fighting alongside you one last time and they they totally do the the huge predator Bicep. Oh, yes. like <laughs> how durst thou? Like hand clasp, and as as they're doing it, Jeremiah just kind of slowly fades away. Yeah. Um, Penelope is like detached from what's happened, and the fact that she's like she's so into her like bond with Polly that is as soon as she let Clara down she kind of took off again and she's kind of like just flew off <laughs> your toys are dangerous Clara you should be more careful mm. Cobb puts the puts the sword away and puts it back on his belt and just like I'm gonna go check on the others you make sure this thing doesn't get up you know I'm a commanding officer don't talk back to your captain, Clara. And Cobb just kind of wanders off to go check on Tissa and Marcus. Yeah, Marcus is uh, kind of watching what's going on over his shoulder intermittently while he's trying to get Tissa set up somewhere comfortable. Caldas is pretty soon nearby, brings a fistful of his blankets and offers one of them reluctantly. Well, nothing like that to get the blood pumping, right? Mm. Mm. <sighs> What's the word from the engineer? Is it dormant? Her toy is broken for now. You mean they can get back up, though? Oh, they're well built, if nothing else. Hence the engineer corps' research into them. Well, looks like this is the worst of our injuries, then. She's... Yeah, she's... She just needs to rest. She'll, she'll be all right. Cobb kind of leans down and does the, like, the hand wave and a couple of snaps. And he's like, yeah, I've seen this before. I'll get her stuff. Hmm. Actually, now that the battle's settled down, come on up, Tissa. And he picks Tissa up and carries her back to her tent. Cobb is going to go get all of Tissa's things that she likes. Because he does have hospitality as his key. Ah. Aww. So... Cobb and Marcus are just going to animal crossing up Tissa's tent so it's nice and comfortable <laughs> for her. <sighs> that was awful. God, this whines. Just, that was terrible. Yeah. At least I'm warm now. <laughs> Marcus kind of laughs and shakes his head. Not the, not the worst thing I've ever crossed blades with. <laughs> yeah, ain't that the truth. Ain't that the truth. I do feel warmer, at least. Good. You'd stop complaining about that now. Ah, 
Oh, you know as well as I do that complaining is not about fixing things, Marcus. Uh, well, let's go survey the damage. And he kind of gives Tissa a little pat on the hand and gets up. Cobb leaves Tissa a little cup of the booze tea for, for when she wakes up. Well, that's very nice. Aww. That's very sweet. You're all being very nice to me when I make these semi-selfish <laughs> decisions. <laughs> Marcus has affection for part of his key. He like like yeah. He likes the people he likes. Aww. This is one of the people he likes, so he likes Tissa. That's how it is. So none of the fire really stuck. Yeah, and Cobb is out there, like, stamping down the little ones that, that won't go out with the wind. Yeah. And Clara spends the rest of the night working on the automaton that's half buried in the middle of the camp. I'd say um, Penelope probably sleeps out in the forest with Polly. Um, yeah, until the next morning kind of thing, when she refreshes. She's like, oh, I remember how to do human society now. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what, why, why, why am I, what, oh yeah, there are things yeah. other than forest. <laughs> I remember that I need to go steal breakfast. <laughs> Human society has breakfast food. <laughs> food for that, me. That's what she, that, that her first thought is like, breakfast. Wait, wait, there's a word for that feeling when you're hungry and want to eat first thing in the morning? <gasps> there is. <laughs> <gasps> Gasp. Speaking of that sudden feeling when you knew something, but it disappeared from your brain and then you found it again. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's memory time. <sighs> Memories. Got it. You got to You got to leave the, the time there for the jingle. Oh, there was time. Time. Or yeah, time is the easiest I'm thing for me to mess with. I am terrible at, at gauging how much time... I'm not good at gauging time. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Time's weird and hard. Time is um, dumb. Who invented time? Probably a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say my memory is actually how sweet um, Marcus and Cobb were to Tissa, getting her all like cozy and set up after for her scatter nap. <laughs> it was very fun. Everybody being very nice. I really liked Penelope completely ignoring the the squirmy kitty that was <laughs> Clara. Going going full wiggles there on Penelope. She didn't quite quite understand what like she knew kind of what down is, but exactly what the urgency or like it's like okay down okay I I yeah sort of like a dog who knows stay but they like here or stay here or, or what if what if i just like what about a little bit more like this <laughs> it's it's like you know picking up my folks cat leon he's he starts to like squirm and go crazy and you know he wants down but you're like okay no we have to put you down softly otherwise you're going to hurt yourself bed cop but he he just just want down now and that was very very big mr wiggles energy from clara <laughs> So I've got two memories. 
The first was I really liked the image of Marcus holding Caldus as they cast a magic together. Aww. It was very good. Yeah, like I was envisioning just that as you were describing and I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> Yay, I'm glad. But the other thing for me was I think that we used all of the combat mechanics. <laughs> this is you definitely pulled out all the stops on this one. It was a very, very good fight. I like that. I like that we got to use all of the things. Yeah, so do I. Well, now that we've done all of the things, now that now the listeners are going to expect this every time. We will try not to disappoint you, listeners. But I do like new arpeggios, I've decided. <laughs> yeah. Y'all busted out some very good moves and are very cool. We do it for the listeners. And I was going to say, you know who else is cool? Segways. Segway. The listeners. <laughs> listeners, if you're cool and or have a segue for us, you can contact us with that segue and or cool thing using the email form on the website peachgardenrpgs.com or by tweeting us at peachgardenrpgs. Please do. Are we also at sortofsymphonies.com now? Yeah. What do you mean now? Always. Always. Like I, like I said, time time is dumb and probably a jerk. It's true. Time doesn't exist. There's no such thing. But you know what? Whether or not it exists, we'll catch you next time, listener. <laughs> See you next time, listener. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.